In Latin, the phrase vox populi, vox dei, literally means the voice of the people is the voice of God. When I look at podcasts and audio too today, Clubhouse, Twitter spaces, Facebook spaces, Reddit stage, whatever it may be, social audio, I think about what's missing. Everybody says today that one of the biggest challenges they have is building an audience, connecting. And one of the reasons is, is because Vox Populi, Vox Dei, that we forget about this has been done before. Radio has, for the best part of 70 years, done this very well. And as a sunset industry, radio is still going strong. In many countries, for the US, for example, radio still is very much a large part of the media diet. One of the reasons is because radio does the voice of the people so well. If you think back to the origins of radio, and we think, for example, the BBC, one of the early pioneers in public broadcast. In 1924, the BBC, so we're talking, what, 87 years. Is that correct? No. 90, 97, nearly 100 years ago. Wow, how time flies, folks. Nearly 100 years ago, BBC Nottingham had the first phone-in program. And it was described in the 1925 Radio Times, which was like a, a collection. It was an aggregator, a content aggregator, if I may use that word, or a directory like the Yahoo of radio back then. They talked about this phone-in program. And here are the, here's the quote. It says, um, listeners enjoyed the novelty of hearing their own voices taking part. You know, uh, there was a phone-in, I think, before this, which um, was run by BBC Radio London, and it caused a bit of a panic. And if you want to hear about moral panics, go back and listen to the last episode uh, in Podcast Maps about Orson Welles and the War of the Worlds. And that was in 1938. You know, but this is going back even before that, 1925. This program on BBC Radio London according to the news at the time, led to such a rush on the telephones that the post office had to intervene. (laughs) I love this. It's like, you know, good old fashioned post office stepping in, preventing, you know, the lunatics running the asylum. Those lunatics being you and I, my friend, that we had our taste of democracy and that got people worried that actually Vox Populi, Vox Dei, you know, um, Radio has, for the longest time, made the voice of the people part of its content and its programming, without which it would have been, you know, many years uh, as a defunct industry. It would have gone radio. It would have been replaced by TV and even the internet. However, it still remains strong. And it's a key part of it is that if any medium is about connection and community, it's audio. Think about, for example, how radio did this so well that uh, radio had phone-ins and these were a large part of any radio programming, especially, you know, uh, in in a very competitive environment where let's say you did the, the drive show or the breakfast show or the evening show, 
Um, or you had to, you know, you, you had the slot where you had to create a lot of programming without access to a lot of music. So you had the late night show. You go anywhere in the world and you get a taxi. And I guarantee that taxi driver at night is listening to a phone-in program. And what's the subject of the phone-in program? They may be talking about the latest manager's signing for the football club, or they may be talking about politics, whatever it is. It really doesn't matter. It's just people talking because they want to be part of something. They want to feel that they're connected to a community somewhere, which they can't do anywhere. I mean, as TV goes, by comparison, there isn't much option to have phone-ins. There isn't really that much on TV. A lot of it is to do with the technical challenges, but also because TV very much is more of a one-way medium as opposed to radio, which tends to be more live by contrast and therefore more agile and therefore more dependent on audiences. Whereas TV can just get away with, create the content and push it out. I know that's that's a very crude comparison, but generally speaking, radio is very much more in tune with the audience. No doubt that is a lot to do with the medium itself, audio audience, as I've talked about in the last episode of Podcast Maps, when we talked about cassette tapes, the power of audio to connect people, and importantly, the power of audio to create community. So you have these formats that audio does really well, which we should start thinking about in podcasts. And I put it out there to everybody that we should start thinking about the three C's that radio does very well on the first part is connection. Now, one of the benefits of writing my audio two book is I've spoken to a lot of audio leaders in the last month in interviews and asking them about their experience. And many are from BBC, many are from commercial radio, NPR, or some of the global radio networks. And the one thing that they say, whether they're hosts or whether they're producers, is that firstly, that the host will never address the listeners as listeners, or you guys, which seems to be how we do things on YouTube. In radio, and this is what we should be doing in podcasts, it's you. You should be thinking about you, you being the listener. Who is your listener? What's their name? What is their pain points? How old are they? What's their job? Why do they listen to you? And radio does that very well. So if you're a podcast host, you should start thinking about this. You should start thinking about who my listener is. Give them a name. I know radio hosts who had bosses who told them to get a picture of the listener, cut it out and put it on the screen in front of you or the microphone in front of you and talk to that person. So I'm talking to you as a radio. um, Sorry, I'm talking to you as a podcast host. I'm talking to you as a podcast agency. I'm talking to you as somebody who's really into the audio space. And therefore you probably are somehow broadcasting or involved in the narrow casting of your content and other people's content to your audience. So I've got to think about what your frustrations and pain points are. And I'm betting on the fact that one of your challenges is 
building an audience. And so to answer that challenge, I'm looking at who did this really well. And the answer to that is radio has been doing it for a hundred years, as we've seen. Connection is the first part. You, not ever you guys, or not ever the listener, you. And the second part is how do you then use that you and involve the views of the world out there in your content? Now, there are a number of ways of doing this. In the old days, in radio, they had phone-ins. What a wonderful device they were because it just allowed people to talk and they provided all the content. And you just had to be the radio host, the DJ, with a very quick finger who could cut people off when they went off, started swearing or started saying rubbish. We can't do that today because obviously it's recorded, not necessarily in a live setting. But what you can do is talk to your audience. You can ask them questions. That's what I do on social media. I use social media to get questions, to listen to people. I then interview people off air, talk to them. What are their challenges? I talk to my audience. I talk to the yous out there. Some of you I've already interviewed for the Audio 2 book. And I'm hoping now this is a bit more of an expansion for you to understand where this is going. I've listened to your problems and your problems are phenomenally, sorry, phenomenally. Your problems are generally focused on audience building. So how do we include the audience in that process? Well, you might not do phone-ins, but you can do the equivalence of that is let people talk, let people contribute content and questions to your content. Now, you might not have um, the direct line to your audience, but you can take some great examples from what people are doing in the podcast world. I'll share with those in a minute. There's two great podcasts which I want to talk about and really showcase because they've been brought to me by you you've suggested these podcasts to me for this show through the audio two interviews and i want to talk about them just you know i want to talk about them and showcase how they're building an audience um the first one is cold war conversations so i am going to chat to ian who is the host of cold war conversations and I, I was checking it out. It was recommended to me uh, by you. And you are, you know who you are, that person that recommended it to me. Um, awesome Panda. Ben, thank you very much. Now, Ben, I was interviewing for the Audio 2 book. And he said that, I asked him, what podcast do you listen to? And he said, uh, Cold War Conversations. I actually donate to the Patreon of that. And he supports it because he just loves it. He loves the content and the depth of the content. And it's amazing. I checked it out and I thought, wow, this is really well researched. So I liked it. And I thought, I want to find out more about the voice behind Cold War Conversations and talk to this guy. And so that's why I'm going to get him on for the Audio 2 book. And I'll share my insights here with you as well. And hopefully even Ian and Ben are listening now. So a big shout out to you. But I think that's the point is that when you have a community, they are willing to support you. A great example of how that works is, this was brought to me, I think it was by Alex shared this one with me, you know who you are, um, Dungeons and Daddies. Now Dungeons and Daddies, as the name suggests, is about Dungeons and Dragons, but with dads, so of a certain age, they have, I believe, one of the highest paid Patreon accounts for any podcast. And, when I was 
alerted to this. I was curious for a number of reasons. I've seen and I've heard people talk about the resurgence of tabletop gaming um, in the last couple of years. And there's, there's a direct correlation between tabletop gaming and the pandemic that what is very much an analog, old-fashioned form of role-playing has enjoyed a resurgence in the same way. You go back and listen to the episode about cassette tapes, how these analog objects are enjoying a resurgence as a result of us being quite disconnected. And Dungeons and Dragons tabletop is no, no different. Yet what Dungeons and Dragons has done very well is it's, it's sort of got up into the digital age and now you can play it digitally, but tabletop, even though it's not like a first person shooter and it's not like a Final Fantasy type game, World of Warcraft, it's still very much done person to person. There is no... Uh, board game per se and there is no sort of video action yet it's it's done by audio uh, audio chat and there may be a physical tabletop and you even have to have the the handbooks i think the physical handbooks which is where the owner makes all their money so i'm going to the dungeons and daddies podcast because thanks to alex i checked it out and uh what i love about this podcast is that the way they include the community in it. So there are a number of Patreon donations that you can make to support the podcast. And when I see all the announcements in the last couple of weeks about micropayments for podcasts, to me, this is where we're going as a big part of these community podcasts. Apple have launched micropayments. Spotify have launched micropayments for audio, which basically means that you'll be able to pay five bucks, 50 bucks a month, whatever it may be to support, be part of these communities. Now, the way Dungeons and Daddies just does it is you can go to uh, their website, just Google them and see their strata, their, their membership levels that they have. So some of it has um, merch, you know, merchandises, but it's beyond that as well. So for example, for 10 bucks a month, you can get, this is what the benefits are. You get the extra content, behind the scenes content that you don't get as a normal subscriber. And you get the commentary. You know, people like that stuff. It's like the director's cut. They like going deeper being part of this. You get a, a PDF newsletter that comes out every two months and you get a discount. It's very basic, right? That if you were to up that to $20 a month, you get the uncut episodes and you get the editing notes from the dungeon master. And you can listen to these sort of tidbits, these cutoffs that don't make it even to the uncut stuff. And then this is where I think the real benefit is, is that for 20 bucks a month, you can join the game night and every month you can join a live stream of the online game and you just join it. I'm not sure to what extent, you could actually participate. I can't imagine that's if something they can do because they've got hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I think they're making, these guys are making like $170,000 a month from Patreon. Uh, so you can imagine they can't have all of those guys in one game night. That would be a little bit wild, right? And you can join these live streams and you can be part of, I think you can just watch and comment. You can't actually play a character as far as I know. And then, uh, you know, the, the, the tier top 
tier is the 50 bucks a month where you uh you get access to actual content like modules in dungeons and dragons and you can get access to the private discord chat which then you know is like this ongoing community uh, i think for example you can also i don't know how much it costs but you can join a workshop you can join a cameo uh, where you can actually appear in a campaign as a non-player character etc etc which i think is pretty cool and there are i'm just looking at the numbers here Twelve thousand patrons so think about that uh they got twelve thousand people paying on average I, I think it must work out to about 15 bucks a month you know so look, look at the numbers that's as good as a SaaS platform right so we started this podcast episode talking about what radio does so well and what we can learn. I look at these guys and I see they've really nailed it. That's Vox Populi, Vox Day. The people's voice is God's voice. And even going back a hundred years, that Radio Nottingham incident where listeners enjoyed the novelty of hearing their own voices taking part, taking part is the key here. That's why Clubhouse has been popular because it allows people to take part. What we have to think of is that, well, you have in that setup, take the Dungeons and Daddies example, is that you have the podcast and then you have the live stream, which for these guys is based around Discord as opposed to Clubhouse. It could easily be either. So the way I see it is that if you're building a community podcast, this isn't relevant to, for example, B2B podcasts so much, or this isn't relevant to comms-led podcasts. But let's say you're building a podcast around a community, sport, Dungeons and Dragons, history, passions that people have. Then one of the things that you need to work out is you need your asset which is the podcast and you need your airplay which could be clubhouse but it also could be discord or live streams as these dungeons and daddies podcast hosts have discovered or you could for example build it on reddit and facebook so you would have the podcast and then you would go to reddit and facebook to promote the podcast or to create this live connection to the podcast that doesn't already exist. Now, Reddit are gearing up to offer Reddit stage. I think I can't remember what it's called. Apologies. So somebody, if you're listening and you know details of this Reddit audio space that's launching, then please connect with me on LinkedIn, Graham Brown, and buzz me what you know. And Facebook, obviously, with the the Project Boombox tying up with Spotify, very much gearing up for an audio space as well and that no doubt there will be a strong player in that space what it means is that if you're a podcast owner in this space if you're talking about anything that has strong emotional attachment then you need to look at how you can actually give an extra dimension to that attachment for those people who are willing to pay for it that they want to take part in the same way if you go back to podcast maps and my episode about cassette tapes or even the episode about COVID and how that's created the demand for audio or even episode two, go back to me talking about 
unified communications and audio space. What we really want is not only the asset, which is the podcast, we want the live experience that makes it more valuable to connect with people around that podcast. Just as I, in the old days, and you today, I'm sure, consume music, but also would be happy to spend extra money to actually go and watch that musician, your favorite musician, live. That's what it's all about. And that is what radio did so well. And what we can learn from them. You know, if we are going to, as an audio industry, evolve, we have to build the three C's around our audio, connection, content, and community. 